121. I'm Jennifer Eller, the Events and Ministry Coordinator here at Life Church, and with me is Mike Hill, and then between us is Rob and Julie Holliner. Yay! <laughs> and a new producer today. And Corinne. So, and Norman. So if you're watching it or listening to it, and it's like, crap, talk to Corinne on Sunday. She's, <laughs> she's welcome to all of the open comments you know, of how the producing things go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rob and Julie, great to have you guys here. So I want to ask you a couple of questions just jumping in. Other than knocking on doors, Rob, because <laughs> I know that's like consuming your life. What's going on in you guys' life? What's exciting? What are you guys doing? What's getting you excited? What's worrying you? Just like what's happening in life right now? Well, I'm oversee the nursery here at church and that's really growing and booming and we're talking about creating more space for the babies so and and (laughs) we are expecting our fifth grandchild in december so that's very exciting so that's awesome yes yeah nobody's babies everywhere (laughs) nobody would have thought like when we first Mm -hmm. opened up life church and there's that gray big room because that's Mm -hmm. been the nursery room Mm -hmm. since the beginning you know Mm -hmm. it has the two-way glass in it like you would ever outgrow Mm -hmm. that i know you know because it's a huge i mean seems huge space Mm -hmm. it is are you a reader movie watcher i would say probably more movies than reading you have a favorite he's the reader you don't have a favorite movie? No. Like anything a favorite that makes movie, me laugh. Favorite <laughs> Any, movie of all just time? Just comedies, no. No favorite Just movie. anything that makes me favorite laugh. Favorite actor that makes you laugh? Will Ferrell? Yeah, he would probably be up there. <laughs> you don't <laughs> so like stupid. Huh? You don't like <laughs> Will Ferrell? Oh, my gosh. I just like comedies. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Rob? Yes. Other than knocking on doors, what's getting you excited? What are you doing? What's happening in life? Family. Family, our kids, all of our kids are back in Huntington now, so that's uh, mm. that's a real blessing to okay. be able to spend time with them. Um, yeah, other than that, there's not a lot going on in my life but besides walking and knocking. So. Yeah. What about books that you've read? Like you're a reader, oh so what's goodness. the best? What's the best book that you've read this year oh my so gosh. far? I've got three bookshelves at home, so. I'm actually listening to books now because I don't have time to yeah. read. To read, that's so. still reading. It is not reading. <laughs> Jennifer and I have had this. Oh, like, I it's... listen to audiobooks all the time, so I read and listen, but I listen way more than I read. And Jennifer says it doesn't count. It does not count. You have to look. At <laughs> you have to look at the words when you read. You look at words when you're listening. It's listening to a book. But so. when you're reading a book, you're not listening to it. Right. Yeah, I was just saying, I read, I would just say, I read this book, and then Jennifer would always be like, No, you didn't read read it. it. You listened to it, which is fair, which is is fair. But I've always said, and we talked about this, like, the nice thing is you can get through a lot of books. Mm -hmm. And then if there's ones you want to go back and actually open up and highlight, at least it gives you a chance to get through a ton of content. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll buy the book if I want to, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll go back mm-hmm. through it. And like I said, I'll, I'll highlight it or, or go through it again. I'll, I'll listen while I'm mm-hmm. flipping mm-hmm. through it. So. so do you have something that you've listened to that you're, like, super excited about? Uh, um, I think there's the Warrior Poet I just went through. Um, that, was, that was pretty interesting. He's uh, ex-military. Um, and Warrior too. Poet. Who is it? Um, oh, it doesn't matter. It's on my phone. Yeah. I, 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 I can send it to you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Well-Versed, I think I sent you that one mm-hmm. too. That was a that was yeah. a really enlightening one. Um, 
a couple good friends recommended that to me. They gave me the book, and I'm like, I don't have time to read these yeah. books. I go through Audible, and there it is. So, yeah, because I'll, I'll go out and I'll walk. I'll put one headphone in, and if someone answers the door, I just click it off. I'll talk to them, and then uh, start it back up. So, right. Do you lean towards a certain genre, like certain things that you uh, like more than? I Anything um, leadership I go for. Um, I, I go through all different um, authors. Okay. From, from Christian authors um, to uh, just business owners. Um, it just, and what's kind of interesting is I, as I'm listening, it'll, it'll kind of trigger or they'll say another book in there and then I'll just add that to my, my right. audible. So right. um, I think God kind of uses that as a way to push me to that next book because we were talking, what, uh, a couple months ago that I've done a lot of leadership development. I've gone to lots of seminars. I spent a ton of money and she now, well, you should probably say it. I understand. I, it got kind of frustrating for a while because I'm like, why is he going to all these things? Why is he learning all these things? Why, you know, there's so much. And now I know I can look at this and say it was all leading up to this point in our life mm -hmm. that right. all of this is, yeah. Yeah, so to speak, I mean, I think that's a good mm -hmm. thing to talk about because mm -hmm. I would say that— <gasps> The majority of what's wrong with some of our young men today is that they don't seek out leadership development. They don't seek out coaching. They don't seek out some of those things. So what have you seen as some of the biggest benefits of leadership development coaching for you now? Being that you did it and now you're on the other side. Because I recommend to everybody that they either get involved with conferences, get a coach, Find somebody, but work on your leadership, even if you're not a leader of a corporation, even if you're not a leader of a business, because leadership uh, understanding is for the home. Leadership understanding is for, you know, anybody and that you should understand what it means to lead and how. Yeah. So what have you taken away from all of those years of going through? Like, what's some of the biggest takeaways from leadership development that's helped you? Well, I think... It, and it also goes down to lead, leading yourself. Mm -hmm. If you can't lead yourself, how can you lead others? And right. so um, I feel like as I'm out talking to people, I can relate with them very quickly. And I can be able to become friends with them, even if they're disagreeing or even if they're going to vote for someone else, and that, which is fine with me. Um, it's just being able to have a conversation and being able to walk through that conversation and... I don't want to say control the conversation, but kind of direct where we're going mm -hmm. with it. And then being able to get them to kind of see the see my points, mm -hmm. but not really necessarily like uh, completely influence them, but mm -hmm. to have them understand where I'm coming from. Right. And so it's also, you know, I've been uh, mentoring other other men. Um, you know, my, my passion has always been um, working with other men that, you know, have addictions or have struggles in life, and I continue to work with them, and that's why I'm part of that work release program right. out there, just uh, continuing being able to take this to another level right. um, at, the, at the city level, and that's right. what's really driving me to be able to help, uh, and also the women. I, I don't want to say I want to not talk about the women, but when you're really working with people, you got to work with the men on men and women on women. I learned sure. that a long time ago is you cannot, I cannot be coaching women. Right. Because it, it, 
can lead down the wrong path. Sure. So, Julie, is there something that you see in Rob that I, over the years that you've said, like, because of leadership development, it's helped our marriage in. Because of leadership development, it's helped our kids in. Are there? He is, from the time we met, he's always kind of had that in him. It's just developed over the years, but he never has a I can't attitude. If he doesn't know how to do something, he just figures it out and he does it. Yeah. And that's just how he's always been. Um, but yeah, over the years, I've just, with all that he's done, it's just continued to develop right. in different ways. I can't say that I ever thought we'd be at this point <laughs> of <laughs> running for mayor, but I can look back and see all the ways and things he's done that has led to this point. So, yeah. Jennifer, you've yeah. done some leadership development. What have you? What do you think is the biggest takeaway for you? Whenever you do leadership development, when you read, when you, you know what I'm talking about? Because reading is part of leadership mm -hmm. development. Like as you've gone down through from where you were mm -hmm. 10 years ago to where you are today, what are some of the takeaways that you've got from developing yourself? Well, my biggest thing, you know, when I'm reading or like I'm, I'm journaling, I'm, I'm in scripture, you know, I just always see God like helping me through that journey. Mm. You know, I'm reading something and then I hear something and it's just confirmation from him, right. you know? And so that's what I do is just help me just consider to better myself, just to help me see where he wants me to be, you know, where my next step is. Sometimes you don't know where that next step right. is going to be. And then those books you read or whatever like that. Um, yeah. Who knew I would be where I'm at today? You know, I kind of <laughs> get the same thing, you know, God's prepared me for the role that I have today. And looking back, I can see those different steps that he's done. You know, it's that exciting to look towards the future, what he's going to do right. when you're able to continue to push into him and read. And, and that's yeah. a whole nother element, right? Like mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, you can, you can be a great time manager. You can understand how to develop yourself. You can understand how to take control and set goals and put strategies, but add the element of, and you're going to listen to God, right? Mm -hmm. Like that whole element of understanding how to be a leader who can be led, you know, I think is a whole nother element that is difficult to do. And I can say that mm -hmm. this is the first time that I... I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Mm. <laughs> I mean, my our personalities are very similar. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very driven. I'm I'm like I'm going to just get it done. I'm going to, you know, no matter what it's it's done and that's the way I've always been in my life, but through this from the point when I was asked to run up to now I would say I'm about 95% successful. I've occasionally grabbed that wheel because <laughs> <laughs> It's just my personality, but then I have to I have to remind myself, like you know, God's in control. Mm -hmm. We started this out in prayer. We're going to finish this in prayer, mm -hmm. and it's it's. That was the mm -hmm. first committee that he formed with his campaign was a prayer team, right? And it's just been amazing to see how God's worked from the very beginning up to this point. I mean, we'd be to the point where we needed to order something and we didn't have the money, mm -hmm. and it was a certain amount. And I'd wake up the next day and I'd be in PayPal mm -hmm. or we get a check in the mail or whatever. Yeah. And he's just continued to show us through this whole thing that he's with us and just confirmation after confirmation mm -hmm. after confirmation. And it's been a real faith building journey for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because I, God mm -hmm. tends to use people who are already in motion. You know, I think that's one of the things mm -hmm. we can understand in leadership is, is that, there's this concept that we want to sit and wait 
and allow mm-hmm. God to move. And then once God moves, then we'll move forward. And I always suggest for people, mm-hmm. that's a hard sell, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. sitting there not already moving, you know, not already just waking up every day trying to do the best you can. It's a hard sell to say, hey, get up. You haven't been doing anything and go move over here, right? Where I think if we're up, we're moving. And that's why I think leadership development in your life is vitally important to understanding the call of God because leadership development keeps you moving, Mm -hmm. right? It keeps you going in a direction. You don't Mm -hmm. randomly wake up, right? Like you wake Mm -hmm. up every day and you have a plan, you know, and that plan get you through the day. Then when God says, I want to alter your plan, although that's difficult, at least you understand it, right? Like at least you understand, like I've been moving and I need to move over here. I've been moving. I need to move over there compared to if you randomly wake up every day and just kind of take it for what it is. And then God says, Oh, I want you to do, you're going to be like, so freaked out. You're going to have no idea how to move. So I think that's why as you're working through your calling, understanding how to manage your time and set goals and have strategies and wake up with a purpose and tell your time where to go and, you know, move forward in ways that are advantageous to what you think is right and then allow God to tell you it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's way better than sitting around waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So can you give me one childhood memory that sticks out to you that was substantial, something that was awesome. And then when I say childhood, that could be high school, middle school, young that was adult. awesome. Or just or anything that anything, stands out. Anything that stands out. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to think about this for a minute. Rob can go. He's, look, he's sitting, already got it. I'm, no, I'm sitting there trying to think of it. It's like, <laughs> That's well, a hard question. No, I go. Oh, something that stands out. Something that stands out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. I was like, who are you waving at? No. Does everybody see he doesn't have a finger? I just want to make sure that for people that are listening, you put his hand up and he doesn't have a finger. I lost my pinky when I was 12 years old. Okay. Um, in a wood planer. We were making Yule logs for um, a hobby a hobby show. where you know What's a Yule log? Well, it's basically where you have the three candles in it. It's a piece of wood and you drill holes in it. You have to plane off the bottom of it so it doesn't roll. Okay. And then you put a little wreaths around it or whatever. And you um, planed your finger off? Yeah, we got to the mm-hmm. bigger part of the the, the the tree and we had to pull the, the guard off. And I talked with mm-hmm. my hands and I just put my hand right in there, mm-hmm. buzzed it down to my knuckle. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And of course, being a kid, they I was all freaked out. They took it off, but... I think it it really shifted my whole thought process because when I was when this happened, it was during the summertime, and I was um, playing baseball. Okay, and I either struck out or I was walked. Hmm. Okay, I pretty much sucked at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> at least you know that. I I came back and I think I had five games left. I hit like six home runs a, a without tri- a pinky. Without a pinky. Wow. Wow, that's double singles. Listen, if you want to get better in baseball, see Rob Hollinger. He'll chop your pinky off. And you will be, you will be, you'll go from a hundred batting average to six, seven hundred. Yeah. It also got him out of piano lessons. Yeah. 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 Which is an even better. That's even yeah, so it's a double bonus. Yeah, even better thing. Okay. So I don't know that this is really a good thing, but the one thing that really sticks out about my childhood is that about my parents' divorce. I mean, that's, that was, you know, not an easy thing, but 
Yeah, can you talk about it at all? Like, yeah, was it, I mean, like, as what a, was it like going through it? Were you as older? a young child? I think I was in fourth grade. Okay. Around that time. And, um, it was, you know, my mom had to go to work, you know, go to work and that left, you know, I had three other siblings and, um, I think with that happening, my mom having to be at work, I was in charge of my youngest brother. Mm. And that's, I think, where the whole caregiver mm. role mm. began. And I don't resent any of that. I mean, it was just what it was. and sure. it. But I think I've carried that on through my life. Mm. You know, I'm just like to be everyone's caregiver. Right. So right. Did it your mom kind get, of molded mm. me into, I guess. Did your mom get remarried? She did not. Okay. No. Wow. Did your dad get remarried? He did. How did that go? Um, uh, from your perspective. Several times. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean. Okay. Yeah. I just always but, wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't have as close of a relationship with my dad as I do my mom. Okay. But um, it's a little, it is just is what it is. Yeah. But, I'm just always asking for a selfish reason because, yeah. you know, I mean, me getting remarried, what is it like from the perspective of a child watching those things happen if you yeah that you know. wasn't the easiest thing as a child to see you know one moving on and not the other but i think my mom is in the end happy right you know with where she's at so yeah. and, and that also carried over into our marriage it did. even our dating it did that okay. was one of my first things i said mm -hmm. to him was you know about our relationship and what i would what you know if anything happened that we would be done, okay. you know, and, um, Meaning I had like my there, boundaries. You there know? were some issues that you just saw as a child. Yeah. In your, in your, yeah. But I think it's also that insecurity Yeah. of not sure. Like, you know, she's seen what happened to her parents. She's mm. like, when's this going to happen to me? Mm. And so I had to keep reassuring her like, no, we're, it's fine. That's fine. I'm here. We're, we're going to stick together, you know, and that's, what, we've been married over 34 years now, so. Right. Was there a moment where, like, in your marriage, you're finally like, okay, I don't have to worry anymore? Yeah, I think, I mean, it didn't About take long. Ago. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Better know, late than I, never. I, right, right. right. <laughs> he really had proved himself even before we got married. Okay. I mean, he's just been a, always an upstanding good guy that. He didn't give me any reason to have that. It was just within myself things no, I had sure. to work through. So yeah, but I think that's a lot of marriages. I mean, yeah. I don't know that always mm -hmm. somebody gives a reason for, mm -hmm. but there's an underlying like worry or there's an underlying right. thought, something you watch. Mm -hmm. I always tell couples that I, you know, do marriage counseling live with what you saw growing up for sure carries into your marriage. Whether you think it mm -hmm. does or doesn't, mm -hmm. it just does. I mean, how you saw your parents love each other, right? Like kids, I think kids watch. Like I yeah. think kids watch and they learn what's okay, what's not okay. What are things that I for sure want? What are things that I for sure don't want? And then I think there are triggers, like things that you yeah. saw as a kid mm -hmm. that then you bring over in that are a trigger. And if you don't talk about it, that's just what I tell couples. Right. Learn to communicate because it's such a huge, and, yes. I think it's a huge problem. Like communication in marriages tend to be, unless it's about laundry, lunch, mm -hmm. kids. And he's had to he had to communicate a lot with me in the beginning. Poor, yeah. He had his work cut out for him. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about the most influential person in your life and why? You have, do you have somebody that you could point to that would say, like, this person was 
so influential in my life. And these were the reasons why. I, I say it's more, um, a combination. Okay. Um, you know, I have two grandfathers, one served in the war and one was a preacher. <laughs> okay. So I have a defender of our constitution <laughs> and I have a defender of our faith. Mm. Okay. And now I have my dad that's showing me what uh, real love is because mm. my mom's in a memory lane out here at heritage point with dementia. Okay. Um, he goes out every day mm. and eats lunch with her. Um, and he's going through that. I mean, even to today, I mean, he stopped by our house, grabbed some stuff and he was headed out there to lunch and he wants to take her out here in the next week or two and go look at leaves. Mm. Um, so that commitment, yeah, that type of love is, is incredible. Hmm. So I feel like I have like this mm-hmm. trifecta of different aspects each of these men have brought into my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. I would, I, it's my mom. She's like a strong, she's very strong and always been strong in her faith and in her love for her family. Hmm. And I mean, she's always there for anybody. Hmm. No judgment. Right. And that's what I, how I want to be, you yeah. know? Yes. Yeah, since you're new, Jennifer, we've never asked you, who's the most influential person in your life? Like from the past or anyway. currently? Could be currently. It could be in the past. It's just, I just thought about that. I was asking, like, you're new. I haven't asked you a lot of these questions. Um, I guess when you think about my faith journey, it was one of my best friends, Jodine. She mm. was the one that we worked together. Um, and so that was a big influence on me. And, you know, she didn't even realize it. You know, right. she, she oozed Jesus, but she mm. didn't like push it, you know, it's like. So you watched it. I That's did. Cool. I like, mean, you just she, saw it. She didn't say it. That's she didn't neat. say it. And we went to church and we'd have conversations at work. And, you know, I, she was the one that I, oh, so sorry, um, that, um, you know, I went to and mm. I told her like, this is, this is what I did. This is mm. my sin. And she loved me in spite of all of that kind of stuff. That's so awesome. yeah, we're there. And currently I would say you, you're one of the most influential <laughs> people in my life. You know, it's uh, like, yeah, your leadership, your I'll teaching, your friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I'll that. You know? Um, and so, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I think that's neat though, to say, this would be a good lesson for everybody listening and watching. You don't always have to say stuff, you know, mm-hmm. what a neat, Example, because everything that you guys just did is observation, not words. Mm-hmm. You watched yeah. somebody and it affected mm-hmm. you. You saw somebody and it affected you. They didn't mm-hmm. say, you know what you should do someday yeah. when your wife gets older, you should yeah. go out and take care of you. They just mm-hmm. exhibited mm-hmm. true love, exhibited yeah. true love through family, exhibited true love through just showing Jesus. Like we could learn from that, that two things. One, you don't always have to have the right words. And two, maybe mm-hmm. this is the other sobering part. A lot of people are watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Trying to get a view of like what life is supposed to be like mm-hmm. based okay. upon what we do with it. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes yes. is uh, preach always and when necessary, use words. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now on the flip side with her, she's been going through ovarian cancer. And so I've been uh-huh. trying to encourage her and stuff. And she called me the other night and she's like, hey, I need to kind of like maybe talk to you or the person. You know, she sees me in a different light. She's like, mm. I want what you have. I want to help people. You need to help. How do I do that? And I'm like, I, I don't know how you do that. You know, you have to go to Jesus for that because mm. your journey is different than my journey. But she sees something in me and how oh. I've grown through the years, you know, and now yeah. she's looking at me as, yeah. how can she be like me? You know, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. really interesting. So, so were you guys— 
uh, when you were dating, were you both Christians? Like, what was your spiritual journey? Did you just guys all both grew up in it and it was always important? And then it was important in your like dating process. And yeah, yeah. I was going to say for me, um, when I became a teenager, they started giving us more of an option of whether we went to church or not. And we kind of fell away from that. But it just never, you know, growing up on my dad's side, we're always going up there for sermons or open houses mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Um, and then as we got old, as we started dating and stuff, we we kind of talked about it. And I think when we got married, we kind of started going to church. And the real thing for me was I was with my grandpa being from the Church of Brethren and my dad going to the Church of Brethren, I felt like if I left the Church of Brethren, I would be like a black sheep or outcast mm-hmm. for my family. Wow. So the easiest thing was just don't go. Just don't go. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So we didn't Problem go. solved. So we didn't go for a while. <laughs> and then until my mom yeah. stopped by one day and picked up my daughter, my, I picked up Kayleen and took her to church. Mm-hmm. And that was. She did that a few times and we were like, I think we should be probably doing that. Oh, well, before yeah. we even talk, I was having that conversation yeah. with myself as the leader of the house. <clears throat> I need to step up and, and do this. And finally, we said, you know what? We actually did go to that church and tried it for a few weeks, but it was an older church mm-hmm. and just we were young and we needed something right. more. So then we decided to go find another church. And yeah, we've and been so, there ever since. So, in raising kids or having a family, like, you're empty nesters now, essentially. So you went through that phase. What were some of the greatest challenges of raising kids? Do you have any? Like, were besides there... the kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, is it in the uniqueness of who they are? Were there certain challenges in? Well, we were fortunate to have her stay at home as a mom through most most of their lives. I was able to quit working when Brock was born, our second. Okay. So I. Essentially, Kayleen had to go to daycare for a couple of years. But, yeah, I was able to stay home and and be there. And and then um, through some unfortunate circumstances with Brock um, in second grade and a teacher situation, the plan was to homeschool him the rest of that year and send him back. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it was affecting him in hmm. all ways. Um, and then I was we decided we really liked it. So then I continued to homeschool, and then they all came home for a while, and I homeschooled. And then when middle school hit, they decided they were missing out on some social sure. you know, things. So they went back, and so it was kind of a back-and-forth thing as needed, the way it all worked out. But I was, it was nice to be able to kind of do that. Hmm. So, What about the greatest reward? Like you look back and you say, wow— this was challenging, but grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> that is the best. I have looked grandkids. forward to this season yeah. of being a grandparent for a while. And so it's a lot of fun to be able to be so involved in their life yeah. and help when needed. And we get to have another new little baby here in a couple months. I'm very excited. Yeah. And I'd say it's our kids because now they're they're moved on, so we can be friends now. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that earlier age we had to kind of discipline and, sure. and kind of keep that separate. But now we can actually sit down and talk about things, go through things and yeah. and also watch them grow mm-hmm. and then come back to you like, oh, that's why you were saying that, Dad. And you know, it's just those little things just really it is nice to hear, you know, like, okay, you know, I might not have appreciated 
your words back when I was a teenager or a young adult, but I can see where you were coming from now. Right. It's a different mm-hmm. perspective when you have your own kids and yeah, or different experiences. So yeah, that's what I've always said. I like your adult kids. It's it's neat to see how it turned out because you see uh-huh. both. Like I'm like, dang it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I miss some yep. opportunities that I wish yeah. that I would have had, which is yep. funny because now I get a second chance, mm-hmm. you know, because Sarah's kids are all younger, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, like, mm-hmm. I can try to make, you know, I can try to do a better job, right. you know, with the kids that are at home, but mm-hmm. that's part of it. And you see like, wow, that's mm-hmm. like last night, Brady called me on the way home. So this mm-hmm. whole Israel, uh, you know, at war. And so, you know, I've always try to tell my kids like, Hey, you need to be prepared and you need to care about the things that matter most. And again, my kids have done great jobs and my kids have been absent. I mean, I, you know, like all kids, like I think they go in these realms of being super on fire, but he called me uh, on the way home from work last night and he's like, Hey, have you seen this? Cause we talked about work earlier in the day and he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, have you seen these things? And uh, I used to do all my kids, small groups. Cause I always told them like, I don't care who your friends are. Just, I'll try to reach them. Like you can try to have half of whatever friends, let's do their small group and let's see if we can reach them. And he said, do you remember when, and this has been years and years ago when uh, these Coptic Christians from Egypt got paraded out by ISIS onto the beach and they beheaded them. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed that I actually showed it to our small group, like mm-hmm. of high school boys. And he said, from that moment on, like something changed in me from the standpoint of like, you never think about what persecution mm-hmm. could look like, but, and then we just started talking about like, he's, you know, I'm busy and so many things are going on, but this is just mm-hmm. another reminder that we got to get this right. Like time is short and we need to try to figure it out. So it's always cool too, to see your kids have aha moments, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. things that you've said in the past, right. you think. Yeah. They even hear any of that? Exactly. Have you ever felt that way? Yes. Like, did they even hear anything we said? Of course I felt that way. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm at 22 and 18 now, and mm-hmm. I am seeing some of that. It's like, okay, maybe we didn't do so bad. But yeah, that's yeah, what I'm I, saying. I, but I did some some of it too, so, yeah. Well, yeah. I think as a parent, listen, that's part of the mm-hmm. part of the deal. Messing up is just not mm-hmm. being there. We were all there. True. We just did the yeah. best we could yeah, that's with what, what we saying. had I at mean, the time. I, yeah. We didn't know. Right. I think the biggest mess up is when you choose to just disconnect Mm -hmm. and get away like Mm -hmm. we're going to try the best we can we're going to try to get it done the biggest being not involved and not caring is the greatest Mm -hmm. mess up that we could we could ever have Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah in those ways what about now what's God doing in your life now that like you're super excited about had there been things so you're saying you know like maybe things are happening in the nursery but anything like personally going on that you're saying like God has really moved in me lately in these ways um just this last year, um, my faith has just continued to grow in watching how he's working through the campaign mm. um, in ways, he, I, I call them God winks. Mm. I, I keep seeing different <laughs> ways he's confirming we're on the right path. Right. Just through people, circumstances, and always. And I'm like, every day I feel like it's happening. Mm. Um and it's just been really, it's been cool. Yeah. I have a question for you. So I think this is right, Rob. So I hope I know that. I hope I know your history. So 
Business owner, mm-hmm. right? So highly involved, I think, with like subways and, you know, some businesses, then convenience stores, convenience stores mm-hmm. now, you know, running for mayor. So as a wife of a man who is highly driven, mm-hmm. has a lot of things going on, advice to other wives that are listening on how to be a part of that journey, how to walk that journey. Because I can't imagine... I always says, I felt sorry for Sherry. I feel sorry for Sarah. Like, I think there's this side of drivenness that's good. And I think there's a side of drivenness that can be difficult. I think um, back when our kids were younger, I was busy, busier with them. Mm. And so when he was busier with his businesses and things, I didn't notice it as much because I I was at home with the kids busy with that. Um, and just tried to be there and support and encourage him mm-hmm. as I could. But Which when you did. have a young family, yeah. it's hard. Um, in this season of our life, you know, we were, I would say he was kind of semi-retired. <laughs> you know, he was. <laughs> and so there was a lot more time together and things that we did together, traveling and such. And um, now, this last year with him being um, focused on the campaign, it's kind of you know, he's busier and not as home as much, but I'm just there as I can to support and encourage him. It doesn't mean there's not some times where I'm like, Yeah, no, for sure. Hey. Yeah, and that's (laughs) what I was trying to say. It's it's not all easy, but I know what, you know, he's doing the right thing for him in this time of his life and for Mm -hmm. our city, frankly. I mean, I feel like he's going to do great. Did you have reservations in any of those times? Reservations of him starting a business, reservations oh. of him doing a convenience store, and rev- reservations of him being mayor? A little bit. Um, yes, business-wise in the beginning, because yeah. I'm I'm not, we're very opposite. Yeah. You know, they say opposites attract for a reason. So I'm not a risk taker. I'm not any of that. So. Right. I was a little like, are you sure, you know, in the beginning with the businesses, but he showed me right out of the gate, you know, he doesn't have, I can't in him. Right. If he doesn't know how to do it, he just figures it out. Right. And um, as far as the campaign, um, we did take a while to pray about it and talk about it and make lists of pros and cons and such. But once we made that decision together, I was very anxious during that time. It was a roller coaster. And, but once we made the decision together, it's, we've both been at peace. Did you ever have, do you have a fear of being in public life? I don't, it's not comfortable for me, but God's, (laughs) (laughs) he's helped me. He's helped me. um, Because there's a difference between somebody hating your subway. Right. And somebody hating right. you. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. he, you know what I, mean? I don't think any of that bothers him as much as if if I hear somebody say something mean about my husband, mm-hmm. it, that, you know, I can't take that as well as he can. Sure. But, you know, it's. Yeah, because anytime you're in the business of leading people, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're in a church, whether, I mean, yeah. any of those things where you have a high level, there is right. a, you have to develop a shell without becoming too hard. Right. You know what I mean? Like somewhere in between that. But for the wives, I mean, that's uh-huh. what I always feel bad for because they have to listen to other people tell them mm-hmm. that your husband's an idiot. And I just try to <laughs> try to remember that 
none of that matters sure. if God's leading him and God, you know, is working through him and that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Did you so. ever have reservations in any of your stuff? Like businesses, you know, being mayor, it was just like, I'm in. In business, no. It's just my personality. I knew if something failed, I'd just figure out another way. I'd, I'd get around it, through it, over it, whatever. But as mayor, I had to, running for mayor, I had to really seriously think about it and think about the effects it was going to have on not only myself or our family, but also the business. Because oh, the business is more of, it's, Mason was wanting back in the business. Yeah, and so sure. that's where... I, I want to make sure that wasn't going to affect his livelihood or his outcome down the road hmm. um, with with me running for mayor. And that's meaning you people would be like, I'm not going to that gas station because mm -hmm. that sucker's mm -hmm. running for mayor. <laughs> yep. Yeah, seriously. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's funny that people would make that decision. I'd be like, which one's closer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't have had too many of those thoughts, mm -hmm. but. Yeah. And that's, and that's why, you know, from the get go, I, I take Sundays off. I mean, not only for the, it's the Lord's day, but sure. also mm -hmm. it's her day. Right. Um, and we go and do stuff. Um, we go out to eat, we go watch a movie. We, I just, I make it her day. Do you have a favorite restaurant? Mm -hmm. <sighs> Since you're like Miss, Mr. Health Conscious. Any place that serves right? steak. Anything huh? that serves steak. So I would say Texas Roadhouse would probably be our number one place. Because this has been a brick, big deal brick for you, house. like the whole house. health journey yeah, thing, right? Like that's a, a brick like house, um, outback, Texas. Any place that has the steak. Is that the thing? Just go. eat meat. Yeah. yeah, a lot of meat. Just eat meat. Mm. The rest of it. Pfft. Well, a few vegetables here and a few there, vegetables and some fat. Yeah. So you just got to balance it out. So. Okay. And drink water. Uh huh. Lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's very disciplined. Yeah. Always, so right? Much. Have you always been very disciplined? In certain areas. Okay. Yeah. My office is a disaster. <laughs> but he knows where everything is. But I know where is. stuff's at. Yeah. It's not with oh. her liking, but you come into our house and our house is all organized everywhere. My garage <laughs> and my see. office. RMS. Yeah. RMS. But what I can about go your car? Cars? Well, right now it's oh. a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Shirts, signs, pamphlets. Yeah. yeah. It's, at least the back seat. The front's. Really Usually so. if I ride in his car, he has to clean off the passenger seat. So, yeah. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. <laughs> but no, it's been a great partnership. And I mean, without her, I wouldn't be here today. Sure. I mean, that's the teamwork that we've, we've come together on. And yeah, it's not always been easy, but it's been worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so here's a question that that I've thought about for a really long time, even in leadership in a church. So I just want your opinion. Politics and faith, how do they go together? What is the challenges of politics and faith? What is the responsibility of a Christian in politics? Like, do you have a view or do you have yeah. a thought? Well, God first. Okay. Everything else will fall in line is, is, is why I see it. And I feel like as, as a mayor of the city, I would follow God's leading. And whether people agree or disagree, it's it's my my journey and this is the way I'm going to run and I'm not going to compromise that. Right. So that faith then the politics, you know, obviously family comes in there before politics. Right. So, you know, if they expect me to be at everything, uh, it's I don't think you'll see me every at everything, but yeah. because family to me family comes before politics. Mhm. Mm so if that doesn't get me elected, 
so be it. Yeah, but, no, I just, again, you tend to see people that run, and I'm not saying this is you, but you see it in every level of government, that you run on a Christian platform, you know, or we know that the person is a Christian, but then you get into the quagmire, you know what I mean, of public service. And mm-hmm. there's this huge tension of how do you, because I think that's the, the hardest mm-hmm. part, like how do you include God inside of the journey, you know, and what does it look like and how how can people who are processing even in our own lives, you know, so outside of somebody running to be a public servant or somebody running to be a mayor, at what level does, you know, so for the people that are making decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So the people that are voting, for the people that are out there, whether it's for a mayor race, whether it's for a presidential race, how does politics and faith fit together? Because I know it's easy to say, like the easy answer mm-hmm. is just put God first, mm-hmm. but that's, <laughs> that's, almost 99% never happens in the voting process, Mm -hmm. right? Because usually people vote for money. I mean, I would think, like, what's going to get us the best best money, tax breaks? Like, those things tend to make people lean more towards these ideas Mm -hmm. of what will benefit me most, not... Well, see, I didn't come looking for those. It came, you know, it came for for me. And so I'm at a different perspective and a different... um, uh, moving forward with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm not in it. It's not my life. I'm in it to serve until God says I'm done and I'm done. Sure. I, I I never even envisioned, I always said I'd never get into politics. Right. And here I am in politics. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and by no means was I saying that's what no, you're going no, no, to no. do. My point just yeah. is this is a... You are absolutely This right. is this ongoing... Dis- it's, a, it's a discussion with the church. Where does the church fit in, you know, on... What is our place? What do we need to help with? What does that look like? And I think it's always been a, yeah. And I was told the first day I planted a church, never talk about politics and never talk about money and you'll be fine, right? Those two things. Mm-hmm. Keep those things off the docket and keep your opinions to yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else. Because people have high opinions of both of those things, mm-hmm. you know, which tends to cause controversies. That's more of just trying to... Fl- figure out how, even as a Christian person, how to be involved. Because I would say a lot of Christian people have just been like, what does it even matter? You know what I mean? Like, we want to put God first, and we want to vote for somebody who puts God first, but it tends never to work out that way. So I think if you talk to a lot of, there there are a decent amount of Christian people that aren't even involved in the process of electing people. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how it is in Huntington. Like, does everybody turn out to vote? No. Mm-hmm. We've lost a generation. They There's just a don't lot. vote. They uh-uh. just don't vote. You ask them why they don't vote. They're just like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's... it's. So why it, would that mm-hmm. be? It's, Corinne, do you vote? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just thinking when you said a generation, I was thinking Corinne's generation, you know, but... It is the younger generation. There are some older people I've that I've bumped into that say they don't they don't vote, but it's. Have you ever had that thought, Corinne? Yeah. Have you ever had the thought it doesn't matter? For sure. Yeah, and what changed your opinion? Just like out of responsibility, you think, or yeah, just? Yeah, I mean, I think Luke is really into it as well. He's got a lot of opinions and thoughts. Yeah. So just some encouragement to be a part of the process. Have you ever felt that way? I think I feel like, yeah, it doesn't matter because like, so we look at the presidential elections, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain states that are your key state. These are the states that have to win. So it's like, Indiana is not one of them. So 
why vote? I still do mm-hmm. because that's what I want. I need to do that. But at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But yeah. In, in the scheme of things, you should vote. Right. Go vote. If you're not registered, go register. There you go. And I think it's too late for this year. But Today's the last day. Today's the last day. <laughs> well, you're not going to hear this tomorrow. Sorry, you're out of luck. Today's the last day to register to vote? Yeah. You mean there's like people that aren't registered? Yeah, Emma yeah. actually talked about it because she's 18. moved yeah. in from another state or in from the county into the city, you got to get all oh. changed before. End so of if you don't live in the city, you can't vote? For mayor. Nope, sure. Seriously? Nope. That's another thing that people... Yeah. I didn't know that. Complain about. Mm-hmm. Huh. Even though it affects everybody. That's weird. Mm-hmm. See how much I know about the political process? I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I thought everybody got a vote. So nope. it's just people that live in the city. Just within city limits. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So before we get to questions, as a couple, you guys have, um, I think people would look to you and say, listen, and, and you guys said this, like all of us, we've all made mistakes. We've all had ups and downs. But looking at you guys today, there are couples that are watching or listening that would say, hey, this is this is something they've been married a long time. They've they've went through it. They've, they've got a, a good family and a good family unit. Advice that you would give to young men, young women, advice that you would give to couples today that are trying to get down this road to get to the place where you are today. Well, you're in marriage, you're always going to have disagreements mm. and not see eye to eye, but we've always been respectful to one another. Mm. We've never, you know, cussed or, you know, just yelled screamed and screamed at each other. We've always kept things respectful. Mm. Um, you have to have, you need to be able to trust, you know, each other and have respect for one another. That's a big, big thing. Which doesn't mean we haven't gone to bed mad and got up the next day. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Is that when we say these things, yeah. it's not like saying we've been perfect. It's yeah. just here's some Res- advice. We've respect been down the road. is a huge thing. Yeah. And communication. And communication. Yeah. And guys typically aren't very well at, uh, very good at communicating. So, okay. Um, yeah, so tell them how to be a better communicator. We've read a few books yeah. together <laughs> on, on, diff- on those subjects. Different seminars yeah, I mean, or different uh, yeah. church groups. It takes yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, like he says, we've been married over 34 years now, and there's really good times and not so good times, but you just got to keep keep trying and plugging forward. But. And, and to me, marriage is not an option. Once you say, I do, it's done. Right. right. So when you look at it that, from that point of perspective, there's, there's, to me, there's no out. Right. We're in it together, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to get through it, and— you know, we've grown a lot, each of us. Um, it just, it's it's taken a lot of time and effort, but. Uh, Keep your sense of humor. Yeah. Have fun together. <laughs> Don't get too serious. And continue to date. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of times people get, get married and they, they they quit dating each other. And it's just like, we're married now. We're often mm-hmm. and doing our own thing. It's like, no, we got to still make time for each other to go out and talk. Even though during our kids years, it's always about the kids when we went on dates. Right. But that's what was going on in life at that point. So. Right. We're communicating, though. Yeah. And now he gets to hear about the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I've great. always said, especially for men, try to learn to care more about the Lord and your spouse than you do about business and yourself. Because then it causes you to be a question. Like, 
to just tell a guy like you need to talk like they don't that's doesn't work they have to throughout the day think of something other than themselves and their business or the things that they got going on or otherwise you might communicate but your wife's sitting over there going mm, mm. right i mean isn't this a, i mean you got to train yourself i think it's a training i think it's a training to learn to think about someone else yeah. and something else other than everything that you're involved in or things that are going on. Like that would be my advice. Train yourself to learn to think about those things. Absolutely. Get your mind into different places, read books, listen to podcasts, do something that's going to take your mind somewhere else to train it, to not always be focused on the things that you're mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Questions, Jennifer? We have a couple. You, and you asked quite a few of them actually. Okay. So yeah, um, a couple non-questions here. So Keely wants to tell you, no question, just wanted to thank Julie for her leadership to our little, to our littlest blessings, her leadership to our nursery, little ones and families is very much appreciated. Thanks, Keely. Thank you. Um, Tammy Dennis, no questions, just a comment. Julie has been a lifelong friend and she is generally one of the best humans I know. Love you Aww. and Rob. Thank you, Tammy. Um, Sandy Atkins, um, love this family. They are a blessing to every church they've attended and always give generosity of their time and talents. Share some words of wisdom for a long, loving, and enjoyable marriage. You kind of did that a little bit, but is there anything Anything you else? want to add? Keep it spicy. <laughs> you said you maybe this is a question like you said you do not want to answer, right? I was right? just saying, like, I'm not trying to add to it a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. just... Yeah. <laughs> Keep it spicy. Just, just yeah. spicy. Okay, just there we go. Thought. Keep yeah. it spicy. Okay. So from Luke Bates via Corinne here. Whoa. Hey, if you want my vote, tell me why we can't own boa constrictors within the city limits. I'm just kidding. We bought a house outside yes. the Is limits so really we can own snakes. <laughs> I about didn't say it, but she made me. I <laughs> that is really a thing. You can't really own snakes. Wow. <laughs> oh. What wow. if they get into the sewer system or something? Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we'll put that in with the chickens, because I think a lot of people want chickens within the city limits. That's what so. I was telling her. That is a thing. Chicken chickens. chickens are a thing? Yeah, people want chickens, and you can't have them in. Yeah. But you can have ducks or something. Maybe you can have you ducks. You can't have a we chicken heard. in the city limits? No. No. Oh. No. And that's that's or a, a big thing. Okay. <laughs> your first item of business, if you didn't know that. That's right that on there. Your list. So I'll have to remember that one. Okay. <laughs> so right here, Doug Bragg asks, what is your biggest goal if you're elected mayor? That's a good one. Hmm. I mean, I've made one promise, and that's to bring customer service back to the city. Um, I feel like we've gotten away from that customer service aspect and being in retail for 30, 30 well, and even before that when I was an employee, customer service is so key. Um, I think that we need to be able to bring the city back together. We need to be able to communicate because the media is doing a great job of dividing us. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully that's something that I can get done uh, right out of the gate. Hmm. Um, and then obviously I just need to dig in um, and look at the numbers because I just feel like we should be able to be able to reverse this this trend. Um, we're losing families, we're losing the younger generation, um, and be able to. I want to be able to retain those those uh, the young people right mm -hmm. after graduation, mm -hmm. and then for young families too. 
Hmm. Um, and so then that also involves bringing jobs, bringing housing. So there's, there's a mul- it's a multifaceted mm-hmm. question. And it's all got to be put together at one point. Um, and that's where, you know, you have to have a good team in place to be able to uh, create that. And I, mm-hmm. that's why I feel like um, God has brought me to this point is to be able to lead people mm-hmm. and lead teams and be able to put this all together over the next four, eight, whatever years, however long God wants to be in there. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I always thought this was interesting. I don't know how much time. I'll make this quick. So if you go around to communities, right, and you see the the demographic of communities. A lot of the demographic of communities have a lot to do with the jobs that are offered, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go up to Warsaw, you know, and we go out to Spikes, you know, and mm-hmm. where Lexi plays volleyball, there's all of these young families because they're involved in that whole medical device, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of young kids getting out of college that are going there and, you know, mm-hmm. and it seems like sometimes communities do the opposite. Like forget business, we'll just make restaurants or forget business. We'll Mm -hmm. just make the downtown better. Well, for who, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's what we ever haven't done because I don't honestly really know, but it seems like there's this push in a lot of small towns. Like, Oh, if you just make the, if you just make the downtown better, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason that's going to make it so everybody wants to come. And I'm like, well, there's nobody here. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you get anybody to come when there's, there's not anybody here. So the whole idea of industry that drives demographic you know, seems to be a big, you know, thing inside of communities that will allow those people to stay or come back. So it's got to be in proportion, right? You got to have, you got to have certain restaurants, you got to have high end, you got to have the the fast casual, you have to have the mom and pop shops. Same thing with, with housing, you got to have high end housing, middle housing and lower housing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and it also comes into business. You got to have a a big manufacturer, some medium, and you got to have some small. And it's it's all got to be put into proportion. And if you just focus on one segment or one area, it's not going to work because it's all got to kind of work together to create that that synergy. And that's what I want to, I want to work on that. And I I feel like with my background and my drive, that's... Bless you. Wow. I know. But I learned not to hold them in. That's why I have an alien coming out of my belly. You've not heard this story before? No. Again, it's happened on the podcast. I'll lay down there and I, if I do, you haven't seen it? No. Not today. I'm not going to do it today. I have this, like, I found it when we were doing the Olympics at Sarah's house. So we were seeing who could do leg lifts the longest. And so I get down there and I never have a shirt on at home. And I went to do leg lifts and I'm like, (laughs) there's this thing right here that sticks out about that far on my stomach. And so... I went into the doctor. Well, I don't really go to the doctor. Cardinal medicine. So I walked in there and laid down on their waiting room floor. And I said, hey, somebody come out here and look at this thing. You know what they told me it was? What? From what pregnant ladies get when their belly stretches. So your muscles are stretched and part of your belly's hanging out because you're too dang fat. So What? Yeah. And I'm thinking because I hold my sneezes in. So maybe both. I'll just add that to the thing. Today. <laughs> All right, Jennifer, you want to send us out? Yeah. On that note. Hey, here we go. Yeah. So if you would like to send us some questions for the podcast, make sure you ta- um, text podcast to 260-408-8383. And we'll send out a text message on Monday, let you know who our guests are going to be. And you can chime in on some questions to ask them. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
Robin Julie, thank you for being here. Thanks for everything that you've meant to the church. Mm -hmm. Obviously, over the years, you guys, I mean, people have said, obviously, what you've meant, mm -hmm. the things that you guys have grown, the people that you've invested into, and the results that we're seeing there as a couple in the community that people can look at and be able to say like that we can learn from these couples that have been there and done that. And Rob, we just wish you luck, you know, through this race. I think it's cool. What we can all learn is, is obedience, right? You felt like God told you to do. And so you're going to go do. And I think that's incredible. We can all learn from when God says move, let's move and see what it'll do Amen. inside of that. So okay. if you're watching, uh, make sure that you comment, like, share, get it out there so that uh, other people can mm -hmm. see this. If you see Rob and Julie on a Sunday morning, make sure you come up and say mm -hmm. hi, uh, introduce yourself. The church <laughs> is getting big enough that, you know, we don't always get to know everybody. Well, the podcast is a way that you can get to know uh, other families here at the church. Uh, and again, once it goes out on Facebook, make sure you share it to other people's platforms. That way other people can see what's going on and know the story. Mm -hmm. So so again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.